Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In Ireland, we love a good story. And I'm lucky enough to be able to chat to people from all over the world to hear their story and to hear about their life in Dublin. In this podcast, we want to be able to learn from the stories of others so that people who have recently moved to Dublin can get the most out of their time here. On my way here today, I was listening to a band called Kaleo Kaleo. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Kind of rocky band from Iceland. Um, really, really good. Really enjoyed them. Um, they've got some. I mean, there's a couple of songs that you would definitely know from maybe if you listen to the radio or have listened to popular songs over the past ten years, you'd 100% know them. Um, but it, it made me think. Like here, I'm listening to a band from Iceland, uh, which is not something that you normally do. Obviously, there's like, some really famous bands or artists from Iceland. Then I was thinking. Ireland used to be and is quite famous for music. There's a huge culture of music here. In recent times, have have as many Irish musicians. I don't know if there's as many Irish musicians anymore. I think there's a lot. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Who do you think? Uh, what comes to mind when you think of Irish musicians modernly? Oh, I don't really know a lot of names of people, but I do frequent like the art and music scene. So I just like hear of lots of different people but i don't uh, remember names that well so i think k-pop has kind of taken over popular <laughs> culture at the moment so it kind of the the bts's and the the black have you heard irish k-pop ipop <laughs> uh, i haven't heard ipop recently um I, like, I mean they have like fontaines they're one of the biggest bands in the world at the moment uh fontaines dc uh you have niall horn who is popping off number ones left right and center Niall Horn is on my wall at home you know he's a strong Mullingar man who was in at the FLA this weekend so uh you know I'm also a Mullingar man oh yes yeah oh my god Mullingar is a is a place in the middle of Ireland that has not got a lot to go for it but 
um, at the same time I was born there, so it's a fantastic place. Um, <laughs> and it's the hometown of Cultus, which are the, uh, like, I, mean, I guess, the governing body of Irish music. And the uh, the Irish Flower, the All-Ireland Irish Music Festival was on in Mullingar all of last week. Mm-hmm. So did you uh, did you hear anything about the flat or do you know anything of the flat? No. no. So before we go any further, we've been talking absolute crap without really introducing anything or anyone. Um, so Bree, thank you so much for being with us here today. Of course. Yeah. So um, I didn't know we, we had started. Yeah, yeah. Um, seamless, we, seamless, seamless, uh, seamless introductions, or seamless or non-existent, whatever, you, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think I listen to a Spanish podcast actually, and they do what they call a un falso inicio, which is like a false start. False they basically they joke around that they've started the podcast but not started the podcast for I'd say a good thirty minutes, and the podcast is only about an hour long, so it's quite funny. Um, but. Anyway, we want to get to know you a little bit more about your story, your experiences here in Dublin and how you actually ended up here. Uh, so my first question before I hand it over to Ross is just how long have you actually been here? So I've been in Dublin since uh, April uh, 4th, I think, mm-hmm. roughly. Um, I did not enter through the traditional means. I arrived on a ferry. Beautiful. Um, so that was kind of interesting. I took a ferry from France on my way or, uh, with, with my friends from Germany who helped me move. We packed all of my, my belongings into a big van that my friend's grandma had. And wow. she drove all the way from Germany through France to the port. Then we got yeah. on the ferry with the car and then we took the ferry overnight and uh, arrived in Cork. And then we drove and we did a little road trip up the uh, east coast of Ireland to Dublin. Oh, that's Very a nice. That's a beautiful little journey to yeah, yeah, come it was to Ireland. Really nice. Yeah, it was lovely. We stopped at like uh, like a lighthouse. It was a famous Hookhead, I think. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and we went spent a couple nights in, at an Airbnb in Wexford, which was really lovely. Um, yeah, we, it was really nice. I, I haven't been to the west coast yet, though. I would like to be. Well. Mark is from Mullingar, but I'm from uh, the northwest of Ireland. I'm from Sligo. Have you, have you heard of it yet? Yeah, my friend went surfing there last weekend. Oh, very good. Do you know what part? Was Strand Hill or was it Mullingar? I, I thought Sligo was pretty specific already. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel targeted. Yeah. That's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, beautiful, beautiful. And uh, you were kind of spending a few days traveling up towards Dublin. Had you any kind of destination in particular had you a place to stay when you landed no i did not have a place to stay which is pretty typical i I haven't heard of anyone who has had a place to stay when they when they arrived um it's it's the housing market is worse than it's ever ever been in dublin i i was uh i was sleeping on my friend's couch in castlenock for two weeks um which she was so 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 you know i'm very grateful to have had somebody here who was even an option because i know a lot of people don't have anyone here she's a co-worker of mine she uh, works for the same company as me and she has lived in ireland for since the beginning of the pandemic um, which was a bad time for her to move um she's from india and uh yeah she let me stay on her couch but i was searching for a place to live for two weeks in dublin um and for many many more weeks before arriving because i had this uh, this, uh you know this false hope that i would be able to find a place before arriving but I, that's just not possible it's really not Mm. so um 
yeah. And then two after two weeks, I found a guy on a vegan and vegetarian house share Facebook page. And I, you know, made a mad bike ride over to his flat because he was leaving for the weekend and was like taking interviews for like the last, you know, last interview before he leaves. And I came over and I was just like, I gotta be so charming. <laughs> I have to be so cool and nice. And uh, so I did my best. And then he was like, okay, well, I have two more people to interview on Monday after I come back. Um, so I left feeling a little disappointed. I was like walking uh, to like go hang out with some of my friends and coworkers. And I was like, oh man, I have to wait till Monday to hear back. I feel like we really connected, you know? And then I was halfway to walking to the pub that I was going to when I got a text from him saying, actually, I've canceled the other two interviews. If you want the flat, it's yours. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It was, the best it was, text it was message fantastic. Ever. That night yeah. with the pub was way more fun thanks yeah. to the fact that I had found a place to live. That in itself, though, is such a hard situation, whether it's Dublin or Germany or whatever, where the, the fact that you, you know, you have, you're being interviewed for a place to live and it's a horrible sensation to even have to do that. Yes. Um, you're from California. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you have to do over there as well? Um, I can't really say I know because I've never lived in a like a private apartment in mm. California. Uh, every every single place that I've lived was a place that was prearranged in some way. So when I first arrived in, for example, when I left my hometown and I went to Berkeley for university, um, when I first arrived in Berkeley, I already had a student dorm for the first year because all freshmen in Berkeley pretty much stay in the dorms. After that, you're supposed to go either find your own apartment, join a frat or join a co-op or find some other situation. Um, I joined a co-op, which is a another form of student housing, but it's not school sanctioned so technically. Okay. Um, and so that I lived there in the co-ops for three years in Berkeley, which was fantastic and mm. crazy. Yeah. Um, you you had your experience in university in, in Berkeley. Mm -hmm. You eventually ended up moving to to Europe um, after you finished university. Yes. Or, or college, or whatever. My bachelor's. Yeah. Um, your bachelor's degree. What was it that made you made, uh, move to Europe? Um, it was a combination of things. Um, first of all, I didn't get to go abroad ever. I didn't really travel a lot in my entire life. Um, you know, even within the U.S., I've visited like very, very few states um, because traveling was just not something I had time or money for. Um, and so then I was, of course, anxious to go out and see the world. Um, I'd never left the country before. Um, and I also very much wanted to do a master's and looking at it financially, the amount of, uh, like go both government and other scholarship assistance that's available for masters is way less than what's available for, um, undergrads. So I was like, this is not going to be financially feasible unless I work, you know, really a lot and have a, probably a less fun time. Yeah. Um, so I started looking into countries abroad and, looking at my field of expertise in particular, which is engineering and renewable energy and power systems, I thought, oh, you know, about Germany because they have such progressive environmental policies. And that led me to also think, oh, well, Germany also has fairly cheap or free tuition, depending on where you go. Um, and so I kind of just went. Um, yeah, I, my first time ever leaving the United States was on a plane to move and with, you know, a one-way ticket. So that was a pretty crazy. And it all happened quite quickly. I didn't know where that I was going to go 
until like three months before I left because in Europe they do university admissions way um, sooner or like with less time before the school begins. Okay. Um, so like, for example, in the U.S., you apply for university a whole year before university begins. Okay. Um, whereas in Europe, I think, or maybe it's just Germany, I don't really know. But you, they, the applications opened six months before this, but before the course begins, and they released their responses three months before the course begins. So it was three months before I left when I found out I got accepted, and I had to plan everything um, for moving. So that was pretty intense and pretty quick. Quite exciting. Yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. Was the experience of moving to Germany much different from the experience from moving from Germany to Ireland? So. Super different in like every way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, for one, I was also lucky that I had prearranged housing because mm -hmm. uh, they have school housing um, in Germany. So I was able to get a like a shared. It's not so much a dorm as much as it's a shared student flat. It's a very different concept. Yeah. Um, so I was in a shared student flat um, and that was prearranged before I arrived. So I was able to arrive and go immediately to the place that I was going to. Um, it was way harder logistically, as in setting up insurance, setting up a bank, um, all these different like logistical things that you wouldn't think about. Like, oh, what about, you know, uh, taxes? What about, you know, this other thing? And, you know, it was just a lot uh, to figure out. Um, and also by coincidence, I was landing in Germany on a German national holiday, which I didn't know in advance. Okay. Um, so everything was closed the day I arrived and I was like, I need food, I want a grocery <laughs> store or something. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of tricky, but yeah. And it was just really like stressful. I, I didn't know the language obviously. So that was a huge like shock. It was like the, the, the it was like being dunked in ice water. It was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it was logistically very challenging. Um, applying for the visa was very different um, than it was here. Um, which again, in both situations you do do, at least as an American, you don't have to get your visa before you arrive. Um, mm -hmm. cause I know, for example, my friend from India who moved here, she has, she lived in the Netherlands also before she came here and she had to apply for her visa for both Netherlands and Ireland before she arrived because, uh, there was no free travel between yep. India and Europe. Yep. So I was able to at least arrive and then apply for my visa once I'm here. Um, which in both cases, I had a three month time span to do so, Yeah, nice. um, which can be tight when you're settling in and have a lot to do. But yeah, it was it was OK. Um, yeah, mm. it's at the same time, having that three months, I, I guess, gives you a little bit of wiggle room to go. Is this really what I want to do? You know, so you don't have to apply for a visa before you. You know, that's, that's really are, are, are sure about it. That's so interesting that you say that because I, I, I literally never thought about that. And I, it, it was, I was like, for me, I, there was never an option of like changing my mind, mm. including here in Ireland and in Germany. I never once thought about like, well, I'll try it out for a month or two. Like, yeah. I'm kind of like a, you know, all in yeah. type person. So it has, it never crossed my mind that I would change my mind in the first three months. Hmm. But I guess it's possible. Like if I had yeah. really just, you know, had had the worst possible experience, then maybe I would have caught a plane back to the US, but it doesn't seem that likely to me. And yeah. what, uh, what helped you kind of fit in or feel welcomed uh, in Germany and in Ireland? Yeah, well, it was, uh, well, so it's very different. Um, first of all, culturally, super, super different. Linguistically, obviously very different. Mm -hmm. um, 
So it was harder, way, way harder to fit in and make friends in Germany in general. Um, so the, the majority of my friends that I had in Germany were um, fellow students. And most of my fellow students were also international students. So we it was an English taught course. We had, of course, a few Germans, but they were actually the minority in our class. So uh, most of my friends were international students who spoke English, which was a lot easier to integrate into. Um, but it was also quite a downfall, I'd say. And, and one of the reasons I ended up deciding that I wanted to leave Germany was because for one, the pandemic hit. And for two, when my master's ended, most of my friends left, right? So the it's kind of funny, actually, that the only friends I have left in Germany are German, which, yeah. which even though the majority of my friends were people who were not German, yeah, um, because they're just the only ones who are still there, yeah. right? Everyone else has gone to other places, other countries, other cities in Germany. Um, they're all over the place now. So yeah, I, I have a few close friends who are German in Germany, and that's pretty much it. Um, it was it was really tough, especially as I said, pandemic, uh, you know, kind of ruined everything. And that was two solid years. And it's pretty much just wrapping up now. Yeah. Um, as I moved to Ireland was kind of when things were like, you know, the, the mask mandate was removed like a week after I came and like stuff like that it was it was really um, it was it was a pretty much over, you know, mm. since I came here. Um, but yeah, so that was a huge negative for throughout the majority of my time in Germany, because it was like two of the three years. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, of course, that's a difficult thing to, to go through, no matter what country you're in. Uh, before the podcast, you said you, you were saying to us that you were clear that you wanted to come to Ireland. It was like, I want to change. and yes. I want to go to Ireland. Uh, but I'm interested to know why. Yeah. <laughs> Where did that come from? I get asked this so much, and as like people always seem so so confused, like so baffled that anyone would want to move here specifically, mm. especially Irish people. I get the weirdest like looks from them when they're like, "Why would you come here?" You know, haven't you been anywhere else? Because <laughs> <laughs> Irish people leave so much. It's yeah. pretty. It's pretty crazy. But um, no, I specifically wanted to come here because, you know, as I said, Germany was culturally very difficult. It was hard to fit in, hard to make friends. Um, and so I was looking, I knew for sure I didn't want to go back to the U.S. Uh, and that's for a wide variety of reasons. But um, I was looking for something that I could call a middle ground, right? Yeah. Like I knew that, you know, I didn't want to, uh, well, I speak some other languages, German, barely one of them. Mm -hmm. um, and my German is not that good. But uh I, I wanted to live somewhere where I could speak comfortably and express myself um, specifically by speaking English, right? Um, so I wanted to live in an English-speaking country. I wanted to remain in the EU. And uh, I wanted a culture that was slightly more friendly, a little bit more like the U.S. Because the U.S. culture, like the the social culture is a lot more friendly in the yeah. U.S. Um, and, you know, Ireland ticks all those boxes. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the UK, but I don't think it's really yet. It's not known for being as friendly as Ireland. So I'd prefer that. Plus then, you know, Brexit and the whole EU thing, that's a huge benefit as well um, to being here. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty easy choice for me to want to come here. Also, mm. I'm, I'm not people are like, oh, the weather. I'm like, I don't like the sun that much, actually. Mm. Are people always shocked that I'm from California and I don't like the sun, but I don't. So um, a, I'm going to uh, yeah. tell the listeners that you're kind of dressed up in a wild Thornberry type of adventurer <laughs> outfit. She's got kind of khaki green pants, uh, shorts on, uh, a nautical themed green uh, shirt and uh, a black sleeveless as well. So it is quite uh, <laughs> it's quite sunny. You're enjoying the sun, the sun today in Ireland anyways. Um, I like 
being able to wear light clothing. I, I don't love being freezing, mm -hmm. but I also don't want to burn. I burn really easily. So I you mean, and me both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, this is actually me tan right now. <laughs> you know, you can't, can't tell. But and you come from California. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, my ancestors don't, but yeah, I do. That was actually going to be one of my next questions. Uh, do you have any kind of cultural or relative uh, relationship with Ireland? Mm, so in the way that most Americans don't, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, it, 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 it's, I can say like, you know, my sister took one of those like DNA tests. So I could tell you like, oh, I'm this percent this, this percent this. But culturally, it's very meaningless. So because it's like, it has nothing to do with the you know, culturally, I'm just American. And that's, yeah. uh, well, that's slowly drifting away as I spend more and more time out of the US. But, um, you know, that's the idea that, you know, uh, there are American people walking around being like, oh, I'm Italian. It's like, well, it's a nice idea. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's kind of not true. I find that really confusing. I spent very little, I spent four months in, in the States, very mm. little time there, not really enough time to get a true reflection. And it was obviously just one of the States is like a, a continent almost. Mm -hmm. Um, it was in Boston and I, I, you know, I was the stereotypical Irish guy. I worked in an Irish bar, um, but I got to meet lots of people there, which was cool. Really enjoyed it. And as you said, actually, people were incredibly friendly um, and loved the fact that I was Irish because they were like, oh, my God, like, is it actually an Irish guy working in this bar? Were you there in the summer? In yes. In Berkeley? No, no in that Boston. Was, that was me. Oh, oh, you were in Berkeley. I was in Berkeley. In the summer. In the summer. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And you were there for your J1 as well? Uh, J1, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. so the J1 visa, if you're aware of. I, I'm super aware of it. Yeah. Do you, uh, there's a, you may or may not know this, but in Berkeley, we have an actual cultural phenomenon known as the Irish invasion. Yeah, that was me. Um, that was me. Which is, uh, for some unknown reason, well, it, I mean, it makes sense. It's the J1 visa. But to us, it just seemed like every summer the streets flooded with Irish and, and they were just like, they were, they'd vanish as soon as they, as quickly as they'd came in the fall. It was only during the summer we would just have tons of Irish people in Berkeley, and it's like a, it's a thing. It happens all like every single year. Yeah. Um, so I've heard so many Irish people say, "Oh, I spent a summer in Berkeley," and yeah, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah I know." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and you and plus one hundred. Yeah. Right? But when I was there, and and I would ask, you know, people, I'd ask people where they're from. They, it would it would always confuse me that they didn't say I'm American. They'd always go, oh, "I'm like one quarter Italian, one quarter Irish." And I'm like, oh, okay. And like, have you ever been to those places? And they were like, no. And I'm like, but then is that not mean like you're American? Like, like, are you American? You're an American person. I guess, obviously, maybe their parents or their grandparents obviously authentically were. Typically even farther back. I know, yeah. I, I know very few people who actually have, because of like how long ago most of the immigration was, was in the early like 1900s, right? Or like even the, you know, yeah, pretty much early 1900s um, was the most immigration, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, so the fact is that most people, it's not even their grandparents that are from another place. Like the uh, most people, specifically speaking about white people, because there's other ethnicities that have a very different profile on this. But uh, most of the white people in the U.S. have, you know, their their connections are not two generations back, but three or even four um, past the point of like having met them or talked to them yeah, or having had any real influence. Um, I know very few people who have actual like my, I have one friend from, uh, from San Francisco who he, his, his, uh, parents are both half Italian because he has two fully Italian grandparents. And okay. he's the only person I know who has even that much 
connection yeah. to his like, you know, European roots, yeah. if you will. Um, and so no, it's, it's super, super rare. And, but a lot, but Americans like saying it, you know, mm. <laughs> this is, I guess it's just kind of a more of a hobby or an activity, like to be like, Oh, I, I think my great, great grandparents were Irish. So let's go drink a Guinness. You know, yeah. it's kind of fun, but like, I think there's like a bit of something not connecting there. Um, you know? I, I think you have to be, uh, kind of understanding, like, I mean, just like how did everyone get there? Like, I mean, in, in the greater scheme, it was a weird uh, uh, connected circumstances which have ended up America being what it is today. Good, bad, whatever you want to say, it just happened and it is this way. And a lot of it kind of grew up from just like, obviously those people who lived on the continent already and then uh, people who kind of came onto the continent and spread around. And they didn't know anything. All they could kind of do was keep whatever culture or whatever ideas that they had alive. And you can kind of understand it for the first couple of generations, like you said, because like many Irish people moved to America during the famine, so 1845. And, you know, you can kind of understand why they connected it. But like you said, you ask, oh, my great, great, great grandpappy was Irish. Oh, where is he from? Queenstown in, in Cork. And then obviously they only know that they came over on one of the famine ships. So they didn't really do too much more investigation. And then you can kind of go like, all right, fair, fair play to you. Keep, keep on rocking, you know, and you kind of just saying, yeah, it's, they're an American, you know, in my mind, that mm -hmm. person's just an American. Yeah, definitely. It, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, uh, there are little remnants that sneak through as far as culture that you might not necessarily see coming. Um, for example, like in my family, there was like this one recipe that we would make at Christmas that um, I was, I knew none of my American friends' families did this. So I was like kind of confused about the origins, but my mom had it in like her recipe box that her mom had, that her mom had and so on. And it really came all the way back. So I was like, but where is this recipe from? Like, does, is there any culture that does this normally? Or is it just a, my weird family thing? Um, and, uh, it, I ended up finding out that there was, it was actually a recipe that's like not that uncommon in like the, the Nordic countries. And I was like, cool. Oh, so I guess it has a reason, but yeah, it's, it's, it was, it's super weird that there's like these small trickles of culture that do find their way through. Um, but for the most part, there is such a strong, uniquely American culture that overpowers pretty much any other, um, you know, cultural uh, pass, passing down that could occur. Mm. What are your so you, you, you first got encountered Irish people through J1 visas in in, in Berkeley? <laughs> yes. So we're not, I'm not going to ask about your what your impressions of those Irish were because we've all been there. They were there for a good time, not a long time. Probably as well not. Say. Probably they were all not good. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, sure. You've been here in 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 Dublin. It's now August. Can you believe it? You've been here since April. What are your impressions of Irish culture uh, since since your arrival? Um, not that different. It's 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 pretty great, especially um, it's a bit of a breath a breath of fresh air coming from Germany, right? Because you know I I'm not coming from a you know, fresh off the boat from the US, I have like, you know, been in Germany for four years or three ish, three and a half years. Um, so compared to German culture, which is like the one that's most fresh in my mind, it's fantastic. Um, uh, it's I'm, I'm I, I don't think that German people are mean necessarily, but they 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 can they're not they're just very close to new people, I'd say. 
It's very hard to make German friends. But as yeah. I said, all of my best friends are in Germany are German people. And they're really, really close friends that I have. So it's once you have one, it's a really, really good close friendship. But it's just super hard to get them to let you into their lives, I'd say. So it was quite the opposite here, finding that, you know, people would just, you know, that I just met would invite me to things or, you know, that I could, that I could go outside and I could talk to a stranger and it wouldn't be weird. Well, I mean, in the right context, obviously, um, shouldn't, there's not always a good time to talk <laughs> yeah. to strangers, but, um, but yeah, just the idea that, you know, you can make friends just by being in the world. Right. Yeah. Whereas in Germany, it was very much not like that. Like you don't talk to strangers on the subway or the bus or the, any, on the train or anywhere in really not even in a lot of clubs and discos. It's like you, you come with your group of friends and you talk to your group of friends. Like you, you don't get to talk to other people unless, you know, a, you're like really drunk or like, you know, mm -hmm. B, you know, you, you're, you're with somebody who introduces you. Like there's really not like a, it's okay to talk to strangers type culture, at least not from my experience. I mean, I don't know about different parts of Germany. I've heard Berlin is quite different. Um, but yeah, so that's, that was, that was quite, um, quite a quite a difference um i remember it was like one of my first weeks in my new apartment and my flatmate had a bunch of co-workers over um and so i was just kind of staying in my room because i didn't want to bother them and they were having drinks and you know i wanted to let them be you know by themselves and i barely even knew my roommate at the time because i just moved in so i didn't really know him either um and then they invited me to drink with them and we ended up going out and it was like we you know 1 a.m 1 a.m i you know head home with you know five new friends um, and it, it's like very, very easy to just talk to people and they're like so interested in hearing, you know, about me and I want to know about them. It's, it's really, it's really that it's really nice. Mm. I've had a, I've had a good time with it. Amazing. So in terms of like hobbies within Ireland, has there been interests that have piqued your, uh, intrigue, I guess? Definitely. So, um, I actually came to Ireland with a plan, like oh. a little written, a written plan on how to, you know, cause I was very concerned about making friends because that was something that I struggled with so much in Germany that I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to take any chances in Ireland. So I made a list of things that I was going to do to make friends. Um, Brilliant. yeah, it's a long one and I've, I'm really working through it. So <laughs> what I've, have you, what have you ticked off so far? Uh, yeah. So there's, uh, I wanted to do more sports. I wanted to do, um, a bunch of, uh, different like clubs and social activities and, I've done a lot of them. Um, I it did get a bit of a delayed start because for the first two weeks I was looking for a place to live. And then after that, I actually, the first thing I did upon moving to Ireland was I caught COVID, no, I which I had not had at all until I moved here. So thank you to the Irish for Irish, that. Irish welcome. Absolutely welcome. <laughs> um, so yeah, I spent the next two weeks with COVID, which was not that fun. Um, and so after that was all over, then I finally started, you know, Going was, was that the two weeks that everyone in the country all of a sudden got COVID? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was um, for sure. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> it was not fun. But then I started working on my list. So my list had things like doing volunteer work. So I've been doing the uh, canal cleanups uh, once a month or oh, twice no. a month, um, depending on if, which one I go to. Um, and uh, that's been really fun. You know, it's, it's good to have like broaden your social spectrum to include like 
people who are like, you know, some of the elderly, like the people you might not talk to that much or, um, you know, other, you know, people who just want to like help make the world like a little bit prettier. And it's like really nice. It's a really nice community. The um... how do you, how, yeah, So yeah. that's really, really cool. Um, and I'm going to just make sure because anybody who's listening might be like, oh, I'd like to do that as well. Mm-hmm. How did you do that? Yeah. So um, it's uh, I, I was just looking. Um, I was just Googling, really um, looking at like different opportunities and I found, well, I live in South Dublin, so I live in, in uh, the Liberties. Um, so mm. I was looking for places near there. Um, and there's two along South Circular Road. Mm-hmm. Um, one of, well, I, yeah, I think there's two. Um, there might be more. But one of them is the Dolphins Barn uh, cleanup, which is uh, pretty much, I, don't, I think it's like Dolphins Barn Bridge is the meeting, meeting point. I'm yeah. not sure. But it's the second Sunday of every month um and you just turn up and, and you just show up and they give you the vest they give you the bags the gloves the pickers i love the long picker honestly i like to reach deep in the canal <laughs> uh, it's very fun <laughs> what what time is meetup um at, on on that one i think it's at uh noon and then the other one is uh the meetup spot is on neeson street eustace bridge um yeah. that one is at 10 a.m on the first saturday of every month and do they pair you with someone or um, is it just kind of here's your stuff, go clean up? It depends. If you show up alone, they will put you with people oh, um, because they're not going to send you alone, especially yeah. if you're new. They're not going to send you off alone. Great. Um, but if you come with somebody, then they're not going to separate you from your friends. So you'll they'll send you off. And this is just it's just a bunch of really nice old people. So like they're they're very chill. It's not like a big uh, orchestrated thing where it's like you go there and you go. No, it's very like. It's very casual. Good. Um, so what else? What else have you gotten involved in? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, I joined a class, uh, two classes, actually. One of them starts this Saturday. I haven't been yet. Um, but I joined a pottery class. So throwing, um, throwing specifically on the pottery mm-hmm. wheel. Because um, I've always been very interested in the wheels, not so much like the sculpting part. I'm like, mm, that some, sounds hard. Some, some new vocabulary for me. Throwing. Throwing is when you throw the clay onto the wheel and then it spins around and you make a shape. Oh, yeah. There you go. It's like the ghost thing from the one movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Amazing. That's that's throwing uh, okay. and pottery, and then sculpting is like you just take a chunk of clay and you, you know, sculpt you something, out, something of it. out of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really have always been really interested in in throwing and and doing the wheel. So that's kind of what I've been learning. Um, yeah. Where where did you come across those? Um, that one, I think, I think Facebook has figured out that I want to do stuff. <laughs> so I get like endless ads of events in Dublin. Right. So I get like all the comedy show because I also go to a lot of comedy. Um, I find oh, I brilliant. love, I love comedy. So I go to a lot of comedy shows. So I get a lot of like Facebook ads for Dublin comedy shows, Dublin concerts, um, Dublin classes of all varieties. Like I, like, I think they just know what I'm like looking for, I guess, mm. um, probably from my Google searches, which is like definitely not information they should have, but okay. Um, this podcast, uh, as a side <laughs> note, is turning into a bit of a uh, a comedy club. I guess we've yeah. had two two of our previous guests have been comedians as well, oh, and now we have a connoisseur of comedian here. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so if, if if anybody goes back and listens to the episodes with Melinda and Nia, um, Nia's from Vietnam, came all the way over here and starts doing stand up comedy here. Melinda is from Sri Lanka. Um, I'm just so impressed by those people because, as, as you know, you you spend time in Germany and you already mentioned like how difficult it was. Number one, linguistically, um, and these guys are over here in cultures that could not be more different from their own cultures, and in their a second language, and they're trying to make 
me and you and anybody who's in the room laugh. I just think that's so impressive. Yeah, I, I can't, I can definitely understand. Like I, it, I, it was a very uh, shaping moment for me was when I realized I don't understand German humor at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was like, I think it was like the first week that I was in Germany or something. I went to this like board game night and a bunch of people were playing like Cards Against Humanity. Right. Which is like, I, I consider myself a funny person and I usually don't bomb that game. Like I don't usually, <laughs> I don't usually win, but I don't like, you know, I, I don't end up with zero cards, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was, I was, I was really served a slice of humble pie because I like every, every single thing, every single card or joke, you know, if you know the game cards against humanity, it's like just making jokes basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they, they did not think a single thing I put was funny. And I was like, well, what is going on here? <laughs> like, what, what's their sense know? of humor like? I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, why did the chicken cross the road? Because he had to get to the other side, obviously. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the most straightforward. Yeah, I think here definitely, we've spoken about it with Melinda and me as well. There's definitely like a dark sense of humor here. Um, and also, also uh, the kind of the art of storytelling so being able to be humorous within a story and, and not just the the kind of sharp jokes i mean obviously someone could be witty and it's very funny too but i i think here the humor that works probably best or the cultural humor of of ireland is generally quite dark which yeah, i like I i'm a super fan of it yeah and self-deprecating as well. Self, super self-deprecating. What uh, clubs do you like to go to for comedy? Um, I like Hysteria because every month-ish they have a uh, Token Straight, which is a, a comedy night where. Um, so maybe you've heard of like the Token Gay, yeah. where it's like every you know most comedy clubs will have like a whole lineup of like people and then they'll have their like their Token Gay, you know, for mm-hmm. the for the diversity, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they have their you know, oh, well, we have one gay, gay comedian. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, that's the token gay. And mm-hmm. in this case, it's the token straight. So it's a whole lineup mm-hmm. of queer comedians <laughs> with one straight one, um, which is very entertaining. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. It's, <laughs> where is that? Where is hysteria? It's a hysteria. It's at Shanae. Uh, uh, that's where Nia performs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. We need to go. I think so. But, yeah. We did uh, get to go to Melinda's gig, but yeah yeah must get to Shane. yeah we're, we're missing that one that's really cool so that all of these things have helped you to kind of integrate Definitely. very quickly by the sounds of it because you've only been here since april in my mind that's a very short amount of time yeah, that's only half the things i've done so yeah. that's volunteering going to comedy mm-hmm. what else pottery class pottery class um this weekend i'm starting a learn to skate class like lord roller skates oh nice so that's fun cork street uh no intercore okay but yeah uh so i'm gonna start that i'm really excited um i also joined a gym so i've actually made friends at the gym and uh for the first time in my life i'm not like a you know historically not a gym goer um but i am now so uh yeah i made some friends there i go to zumba every week at my gym nice um yeah i'm in a D group that plays weekly cool Um, (laughs) it was my birthday on friday and uh my housemate got me a some D and D die because mm-hmm. we've recently started as well. So, uh, where do you do you play online? Do you play uh, in person? No, we play in person. Oh, cool. Um, it's actually uh yeah, it's actually a group in D seven, um, which is a little weird because I live in D eight, which they were like, mm, not sure you can join, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they was you know in joke in jest, um, and yeah, we ended up you know really hitting it off, and we have a, a long a, a running campaign, um, which is super fun, and yeah, uh, so I do that. Mm, I I go out a lot with 
random people that I meet and hang out and meet more people. So yeah. You, you have what I think is probably the perfect attitude for moving to a new place because you're just like, I'm going for it and I'm going to try and try everything. I might hate it some things, but you're just going for it and it's probably been great. So you're making, I imagine, friends that way. Uh, last week we spoke to, to Melanie from Mexico and she said that her big thing is when you're moving to a new place, the single most important thing is your attitude. Um, and I think here, like we have like a great example of someone who has an attitude of like, I'm here, I'm just going to go for it. I'm not going to sit at home, you know, feeling sorry for myself or anything like that because I don't have friends. I'm just going to go out and be proactive and try and actually make those friends for myself. That That is amazing. I'm so impressed about that. For someone who's listening to this and might be like, oh, I'm going through a tough time or like feel like they don't have the same kind of um, go-getter attitude that you have. Is there any little bit of advice you'd give for someone who's who's moved here and maybe is going through a, a moment where they, they feel like they, they're struggling to integrate? Well, first of all, I appreciate the compliment, but I this this attitude or really more accurately my plan um, mm -hmm. it developed from from making the mistake right so i i definitely didn't <clears throat> i didn't have the the go getter attitude when i moved to germany and i kind of succumbed especially when the language stuff got tough like i did take a german course when i arrived um but it was really hard and i didn't take another one because i was in a english speaking class anyways all my friends were expats you know there wasn't a huge for force or push for me to learn german um and so i really did kind of get relaxed and and complacent about uh about you know integrating um which was my own mistake and it cost me long term right it was very hard it's very hard to recover from that afterwards right because people are a lot more like cool with like making friends when you're like i just moved here i need friends and they're like yeah totally um whereas like i've been here a year and a half and i still have no friends <laughs> like um that's a little harder to you know explain so uh, yeah, I really learned from my mistake here, not so much uh, just have this attitude inherently. That's why I wrote a plan. That's why, I, you know, have a list of things that I wanted to do is because I didn't want to make that mistake again. I didn't want to end up, you know, sitting at home. Well, you know, pandemic's still partially at fault here, but I didn't want to end up sitting at home without without anybody to talk to or hang out with um, and nothing to do. So that that was, you know, really my driving factor. And I I knew that I could stop it before it happened if I did all this stuff. So that's kind of that was my plan. So I don't have an advice besides make a plan, like list out things you like, like and it was a list that took me months to make. I started making it many months, partly because my visa took forever to go through. But I had many months to prepare for moving here. And I, every time I thought, oh, I really like doing this thing. I wrote it on my list so that I could look back later and be like, OK, are there any of these things that I can do in Dublin? And especially Dublin is a massive city with so much to do um, compared to other places I've lived. It's got so many like classes and groups and clubs. And, you know, yeah. if you like sports, there's tons of sports um, yeah. and like just everything that you could possibly want to do. Um, it also gives me a bit of like the FOMO if I am at home because I'm like, oh, there's something going on in this city. Why am I not invited to it? And where yeah, is it? Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. You know, on like a on a on a Thursday or Friday night, if I don't have plans, I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, there's this is this is you know the biggest this is the capital of Ireland. There's something happening. Yeah. Well, let's go find it. That, so that kind of fits into one of our final two questions, yeah. which is like, what piece of advice would you have for uh, people moving to Dublin or really moving to any other city? Like, make a plan seems like a pretty good idea. 
definitely make a plan. Um, I do. I, I appreciate that there's like differences in, um, you know, it, maybe joining classes or certain things are not uh, approachable for everyone if they if they don't have, you know, the financial means to do so. But a lot of activities are free, right? Like cleaning up the canal every yeah. every month is free. Um, there's there's lots of stuff you can do that's that is that is uh, uh, accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and just requires you to walk or get on a bike or, you know, get, get somewhere. Um, so, so that's, that's definitely, uh, important to consider is that not everyone has the ability to do as much stuff as they might want to, like, you know, joining a gym isn't free and all, you know, all this stuff. But, and so I'm very lucky that I have the resources to do these things, but, uh, yeah, I, making a plan, making a list of things you want to do and finding people who want to do those things is very possible in a, in a city this large. You know, if you move to a small town in Ireland, I don't know what to tell you, but, um, yeah. you know, if you move to Dublin, there's a lot going on. You just got to find it for yourself. Right. Mm. That's that's the idea. Brilliant. Um, one of your favorite places in Dublin in your short time that you've been here, <laughs> what, what, what comes to mind? Um, well, I don't know if it counts because it's a little outside of Dublin, but I did go to on a hike in Bray this weekend um, mm. on Saturday night with my friend. We went on a sunset hike. Mm-hmm. Um, to the Bray Cliffhead, not mm-hmm. not the Bray to Greystones, but the Cliffhead, and we watched the sunset from up there, and it was just really, really wonderful. Nice. It was, it was just gorgeous, absolutely. You know, it was also we were lucky; it was a nice sunny day, um, so it wasn't a make the most of it. Yeah, <laughs> it was really nice. Um, but within Dublin City itself, I like a lot of restaurants. I like. Oh, I'm, I'm a foodie, so that's also on my list. Just eating food at restaurants. Like, yeah. I, I go to a lot of. I go out to eat probably more than I should. Um, but a gun to your head. Where's your favorite restaurant? Gun to my head. Ooh, uh, that's a tough one. Hmm. Um. Okay. Uh, I don't remember what it's. Thunder Thundercut Alley. Thundercut Alley in Thunder. Smithfield. Yes. Yes. Um, I've never been. It's a weird place, mm-hmm. <laughs> decoratively, um, but the food was really good. Like, it, like it was also like a bit on the pricier side, but like it was one of the only places I've been that like I was like sixteen euros for a for a main course is or for like not a main course because it wasn't like a multiple course thing, but like 15, sixteen euros for like just um a dinner. Yeah. Uh, but it was the only time I was like, that's actually worth it. Like it was so good. Wow. Um, okay. I can't yeah, get a I better the, recommendation than that. I got the that. tacos. And they were incredible. Yeah, have you been? I have been to it. I haven't eaten in it. My bro, I, my brother was drunk in the bar one day. It's a bar as well. There, yes, yeah. yes. And the decor is. Uh, I don't. You can't. You can't bring kids there. Okay, I get you. <laughs> Raunchy. Yeah, but right. uh, but it was the food was excellent. Um, I don't know about all of the different food because I've only been there once. Um, but I got the tacos. I got the vegan tacos specifically, and they were fantastic good to know good yeah. to know i'm going to check that place out um and i'm also going to put because i've i've been told lots of people have been giving me advice on how to do this better um and uh i'm Damn gonna right. put a link to to uh thunder Kodali. Uh, so if anybody is interested in, in anything that you say in this uh, podcast i'll put links later in the description underneath the um the main link um so first of all i just want to thank you so much for actually being here and, and, and doing this and from from my own personal point of view, it's been actually really just interesting and a little yeah in, inspirational to be perfectly honest. Just listening to you because I know that you said um, or I said that you've got a great attitude, and I love the fact that you said that wasn't that's not necessarily 
me naturally. I learned because I made mistakes or I had a tough time in Germany. So I came here to Dublin with a, a like a plan or a different attitude. And I, I essentially, I'm not going to say failed, but learned from a difficulty or a challenge. And I then went on because for me, that for people who are listening, and as we said, those people who are, who are not finding it so easy, there is a possibility to actually get out of that. And if you kind of sit down, go, right, how can I change this? And from my own personal point of view, I just want to thank you for sharing that with us, because that's been something I think people can take a lot of value from. Um, so that's been great. Um, I, I really think also, um, I'm going to, because I've been told to do this as well, uh, is just, I, we started this, how long ago, Ross? About one month ago now? Yeah, just over one month, I'd say. Yeah. I've actually been a little bit blown away, kind of shocked by uh, the amount of people who are listening to this, the amount of people who are giving me feedback and enjoying it and finding it useful. So for, for the people who are listening, I really, really appreciate all of the kind things that you said about it. Um, it's been really kind of heartwarming. Um, I encourage anybody that's listening to try and help us out a little bit more by sharing the podcast with just one friend even or giving us a quick you know, rating on Spotify. Um, if you're listening to it on another platform, you can give us to a rating there. But I think Spotify is where most people are probably listening to it. Um, and just a big, big thank you. Ross, any final words? We love you. <laughs> Bree, thanks again. I really, really appreciate you being here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Great. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.